Shushbox Podcast, a safe space for self-expression, healing, and empowerment. Brought to you by Chani Ra, writer and artist. Self-love and embodiment coach, Jacqueline Michelle. And Sunita, founder of Shushbox, the wellness platform supporting survivors of sexual trauma. Hello, everyone. This is your host, Jacqueline Michelle. And in today's podcast, one of our resident experts, Portia Brown, and I discuss the magnitude of sexual wellness. We dive into so many expansive concepts of how connecting to your sexuality is a journey that takes you far beyond the genitals. We provide you with tools and how to build an intimate internal relationship with yourself. And we notice that a big piece that we seem to continue circling back around is that the route to wellness is being deeply connected to yourself on how approaching yourself with curiosity and devotion is a portal to selfhood, including when we are faced with the parts we are embarrassed or ashamed about. We also highlight the importance of beginning to view your sexuality as a way of being, expressing, and interacting with yourself and the world around you. Not limiting sex to the bedroom, but letting it simmer and melt into everything that you do. I hope you all enjoy this juicy podcast and please feel free to leave a review, any comments or questions that y'all would love to be answered in later podcasts. We love receiving feedback and encouragement from our listeners and building a relationship with each and every single one of y'all as well. Alrighty, let's get into it. Alrighty. Hello. Hello. How are you? I'm great, baby. How are you? I'm the best that I've ever been. I love to hear it. I love to hear it. Cool being. So I'm so excited that we finally get to fully connect on this level. And I love the topic that we are going to get into. But before we get into all that juicy jazz, I would love for you to introduce yourself to our listeners and tell us a little bit about yourself. Of course, of course. Well, first of all, thank you for having me. Doing this is like what I'm doing podcast recordings and having conversations like this is among my like top five favorite activities. So I'm really, really excited to be here. Uh, my name is Portia. I'm the founder and creator of Ferotic Sexology, which is an online blog and sex coaching platform. Uh, so I'm a sex coach and a sex educator. I primarily work with women and helping them find their power through pleasure using mindfulness and ritual. Mm. So that's a little bit about me. I'm based in Brooklyn, New York. I'm originally from the Midwest. And again, I'll say it one more time uh, at the chance of sounding like a broken record. I'm really excited to be here. Yeah, I love it. I'm so excited to be here with you and share this space with you. Um, I love everything that you're doing. That sounds so magical. And I feel like sexuality is such a beautiful and natural component to our lives that so many of us are kind of like thrown into the mist of like, what is happening? And how do I feel powerful and, and rooted in something that is so beautiful and that, and that can be so healing and transformative. Uh, if you don't mind me asking, how'd you get into this work? What was your journey like? Sure. Now that I have been, I guess, officially or formally doing it for about two years and some change, I realized that I've been doing this for most of my life, mm-hmm. at least since I was a teenager. I, I always tell the story about my mother who is brilliant and wonderful, but like a lot of moms of millennial babies, she did not necessarily have all of the language or even the courage to talk to me and my siblings about sex. 
what she did do that I am grateful for is she gave me books, mm. which created this association for me between reading and learning about sex. And so when I got to puberty, when I got to high school, I had a wealth of knowledge that other kids my age didn't seem to have. And when I got to college, it just seemed like, wow, I really have a a leg up on some of the other women my age, some of the girls that were in my friendship circles and things like that. And so I started to lean into that and I started volunteering and I started doing independent research and I started taking, you know, elective that electives that were related to sex and sexuality. Um, and so if we fast forward, I did a bunch of other stuff. I was a journalist. I've worked as a social media strategist and a plethora of other things over the last almost decade now. Um, and about two years ago, I was again transitioning and trying to figure out what I wanted to do every day when I woke up. <laughs> and my my boyfriend looked at me and he was like, you're always talking about sex. You're always sending me sex podcasts to listen to and articles about love and relationships and dating and all this stuff. And he's like, you should lean into that. I feel like this is something that is sort of your calling. So don't ignore it. And then I just started writing about sex. I started an Instagram and I started a blog and it sort of, snowballed from there. Eventually people were calling on me to give them advice or coach them. And so I said, okay, well, why don't I just go ahead and do it? And now here we are two years later and it's the best decision I've ever made. That is amazing. That's such a beautiful story. I want to like, I want to shout out so many people in your lives, like shout out to your mom for like providing you with the resources that she felt most comfortable with. Shout out to the authors that take the time to really educate us and create uh, books and pamphlets on, okay, how can we connect to our bodies anatomically, physiologically, and sensually? Um, Shout out to you for honoring your calling and then for having such a supportive partner and saying, hey, like I see this within you. You're really good at it. It comes natural um, and see what this happens. So it sounds like a very intuitive path that just kind of unfolded itself for you. That's, that sounds beautiful. It really feels like it wasn't fully my choice. Mm. You know, it Mm -hmm. felt like sort of the pieces were laid out in front of me. And now here, here we are. And yes, shout out to all of those people, because without them, I would not be here. And I would not be having as much fun as I am doing the work that I do. Absolutely. And I love that too, that you're having fun in your work. I I love something that we've been doing within this new generation, uh, that we're really taking entrepreneurship and our passions into our own hand, where we can like unionize passion and profession in our lifestyles. And there's no longer the sense of compartmentalization, but this union of everything that we are. So that's awesome. I'm so happy for you. It sounds amazing. Thank you. Thank you. Cool. Cool. Um, so yeah, I suppose the big topic or the big question that we're leaning into with this podcast is what is sexual wellness? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. What are your thoughts on sexual wellness? How, what does that necessarily mean to you? Oh my gosh. So many things come up for me. I, um, first and foremost, think of sort of like our traditional idea or what's sort of out there in our collective minds as like sexual wellness. And unfortunately, because of the society that we live in, a lot of that is tied to capitalism. A lot of that is sort of under this umbrella of the larger wellness movement that is happening. And while a lot of it is beautiful and necessary and so helpful and nourishing to people, a lot of it can get a little bit misconstrued. So for me, and when I work with my clients, and when I talk to my friends, we really try to break it down as something that is highly individualized. 
and is highly, um, what's the word that I want to use? It's highly, highly tailored to who we are as individuals. So my sexual wellness may not look like yours, which makes this whole thing all the better, right? For some people, sexual wellness includes particular kinks. It includes uh, using tons of lubes and sex toys. And for some people, it includes meditation, right? And the overlapping of all these other practices, you can bring in ritual and da 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 we could go on and on. Um, I think when I think of my own sexual wellness, I think about finding wholeness within my sexuality and total acceptance of who I am and where I am and the journey that I am on and will continue to be on for the rest of my life, really. I love that. And I love that you touch space with like so many different definitions that people can have when it comes to sexual wellness. I feel like throughout my journey of being a sexual being, um, it started at a pretty young age too. And my mom, I feel like her sexual education with me was like, don't do it. She's amazing, a powerful woman. She was like, don't do it in my house and use a condom. Like those are my two rules going out into the world. And so um, I've always been very sexual, like by nature, but sexual wellness has shifted so many different times within my own personal journey from having a lot of sex to using toys, to being celibate, to being more sensual and to being more magical. Um, And so, yeah, I feel like I agree with you. Sexual wellness is really like this, this journey of how can I be true to myself? How can I be fully connected to myself? Not just my genitals, not just my orgasms, but can I be connected to my emotions, the ugly ones and the beautiful ones? Can I be connected and conscientious of my thoughts? Um, can I be connected and, and present with life, my artistic abilities? And so, yeah, I feel like uh, sexual wellness, when it first started for me personally, had a lot to do with my body. And as I've ventured deeper into this path, it's turned into lifeness and then soulfulness. Ooh, yes. Yeah. And as I'm listening to you, I'm thinking like, about how so often when we seek wellness in other areas of our life, sexual wellness is excluded or ignored. Sex is this thing that's so like set apart and compartmentalized for so many of us. We like have who we are at work and with our friends and with our family. And then we have who we are sexually. And to me, sexual wellness means like no more of that, right? And sort of just integrating and spreading out who you are as a sexual person into the rest of your life and having like, like you're saying this holistic approach and connecting your emotions and your thoughts and who you are and how you move into who you are as a sexual being. Yeah, I agree. I feel like union, it's all about union, just Mm -hmm. integrating all these beautiful parts of yourself. I feel you. Mm -hmm. Uh, for somebody who kind of feels a little bit of like lost in the weeds of connecting to their sexuality or their spirit just now starting to get curious, uh, what are perhaps some tidbits, some, some grounding points that you can offer us? Yes, my, so almost every question I've ever asked about anything, my response is find a way to record yourself, find a way to journal your thoughts and your feelings journaling traditionally with a pen and paper doesn't resonate with everybody. So I always say record yourself because that can include turning on your smartphone and like recording your, the sound of your voice on your, your voice app, your voice recorder app, or actually make creating a video of yourself, just free flowing and speaking, right. And letting yourself sort of have that one-on-one dialogue within yourself and then having some way to revisit that and play it back 
that really helped me. And I've seen it help a lot of my clients really begin to sift through their thoughts, right? Sometimes we have so many thoughts and feelings and emotions. It's hard to figure out what ends over here, what begins over there and where is, you know, where's all this stuff in between? What's actually my thoughts? Mm -hmm. What are the things that I've inherited from somebody else? What are the voices that are authentically mine, right? But if you can't actually hear the voices, if you can't actually begin to separate and listen back, there's no way you're ever going to begin to figure that out. So I would say that is the first step. And primarily because a lot of the confusion around, you know, the beginning of this journey is finding that separation and pulling out like, what is my conditioning? Pulling out, what are the things my mom told me? Pulling out, okay, this is the stuff I actually believe, right? This is the stuff that actually supports me and resonates with me. So finding a way to record all of that, play it back or read it back to yourself so you can begin to track patterns in the way that you're thinking and the things that you tell yourself and the narratives you have going. Um, and if we don't have a way to do that, again, I just want to emphasize, we don't have a way of really figuring it out. It can be very, very difficult, right? Unless you have, a, and even if you have a really good therapist, it can still take a lot of time to, to sift through all of those thoughts and journaling pairs well with coaching and therapy, right? And if you are another tidbit that I would give or another piece of practical advice that I would give is to integrate some sort of mindfulness into your life. So much of our life requires us to move, move, move and go, go, go. And we have a hard time being still and finding stillness and sitting in our thoughts and sitting in our emotions. So do a deep dive into some mindfulness practices. You don't have to stop at yoga and meditation. And even if you do stop there, there are Oh my gosh, there's so many ways to make those practices unique to you and supportive to you. I am not a sit down with my legs crossed meditator. I got too much energy in my body. I have to move it out during meditation. I might be able to get a good five minutes of seated meditation in, but after that, I'm on my mat. I'm outside walking in nature. I'm in the shower doing a meditation in my shower. I'm washing my dishes and I'm meditating, right? So whatever it is that's for me, so find some sort of mindfulness activities that can support you and help you find stillness so you can actually listen and not feel so overwhelmed by your own thoughts and feelings. Yes, <laughs> all the way. Yes. I know like the, the listeners won't be seeing us, but I'm like nodding my head the whole way through this. Like, <laughs> these are all excellent things. And to, like a couple things that I want to point out, I absolutely love that you, you're, excuse me, you're the starting points had nothing to do with your genitals. Like, I think that that is just so revolutionary for so people. It's like, actually, no, it's your, it's your selfhood. It's your innerness. And, and something that was kind of, not kind of very revolutionary for me that you said was like, record yourself in general. I'm a very big pen and paper person, but you're right. Like it can be like um, on your voice notes. It can be something that you videotape. It can be something that you, whatever it is, whatever, whatever calls to you. Um, and I think that that is so important. We do have so many thoughts that are going through our minds, so many narratives, so many stories. And there comes a certain part in ourselves where we don't even become aware that the way that we're operating are old survival mechanisms that are no longer serving us. But because we've been so accustomed to holding on to this part of ourselves, we don't really know who we are past that point. And I mean, that can be such a revolutionary thing in and of itself. Like, 
like, who am I when I remove the stories? So I've, I've been kind of going through that journey myself this year, a lot of unveiling, like, wow, I don't have to be this person. I don't have to react this way. I don't have to intermingle and, and, and associate myself with these types of environments anymore. And whenever you start to really observe yourself, it becomes this really like a different layer of intimacy. One of the things that you said with like, it's a good part of coaching and it's a good part of therapy. And you're having that dialogue to kind of like organize your thoughts, but there's something really beautiful and really powerful when you have that conversation with yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, so I love that. I think that's an excellent idea of like recording your thoughts, your emotions. Okay. I, I t- like I, I interacted with this today. How did that feel? Um, and then something that I would kind of like like to ask that's or like to add that's been helping me through my journey is like kind of writing down your limiting beliefs, like connecting with the blocks, the, the, the triggers, Uh, a big thing for me, there's a woman named Sasha Cobra and she said something that was revolutionary. And she said that you're not transforming yourself into a divine being. You already are that you are transforming yourself out of any limiting conception that made you think otherwise. Yeah, you are. And that to me, I was like, Oh, my God, I'm already perfect. Now let me get rid of all this shit that made me think otherwise, you know, Um, and and journaling that kind of being like, okay, this is coming up for me. Mm. Oh, cool. I see it now. You know? Um, Yeah. Remind me what the second one you said was I'm sorry. I think it's a journaling or self reporting and then mindfulness. Mindfulness. That's right. Yeah. Uh, and I feel like, what sign are you? I know it's kind of like, I'm a Pisces. No, I love it. Very cool. Very cool. I was feeling like fire. I was like, maybe she has some some fire in her. I was like, maybe it's in your center room, but I don't know. Cool beans, cool beans. But I feel like I'm a a Leo rising and a Scorpio moon. So there it is. There you go. Cool (laughs) beans. Um, uh, yeah, I feel you like I, uh, uh, the, process of meditation is so much more about like mindfulness, a a new word that I would also kind of like add into the mix. And I hope it doesn't confuse people is like mindlessness. Like, can you get Mm -hmm. out of the mind and simmer into the body and know that meditation, I mean, it can be sitting still. And there is so much power of saying like, actually, I'm like, I'm going to sit, I'm going to ground, I'm going to be in stillness with myself, but there's still so much meditation that can happen when you're washing the dishes, when you're making love, when you're driving to work, can I be so present to the senses, to the world around me, to the world within me and, and really connect to these inner parts of myself. And I think that's so revolutionary. There's this book uh, that I'm reading right now. That's been changing the whole playing field for me. It's called uh, the Supreme understanding by Osho. And he said something that was really cool. And he was like, we oftentimes try to turn these things into practices. Okay. I'm going to practice meditation today. I'm going to practice mindfulness. And he says that it kind of gives us this perception of like, okay, I'm 15 minutes of my day. I'm going to meditate. But because I did my 15 minute meditation, the rest of the day, I'm just going to scramble in my mind. And he goes, when you let go of the sense of practice and you just kind of let it integrate itself into the entirety of your day, the whole day can become a, a form of meditation of, of presence and coming back in. And for so many of us, I know there's meditators that have been doing it for 20, 30 years and their head still scrambles. Things still come up. They still have little moments of disassociation and disconnection. The power comes in coming back to yourself. And Ooh. I feel like that's just such a, a beautiful way to start any journey. But I, I really love that. It's like sexual wellness and it's like, 
oh, you don't have to touch your genitals right away. Another thing that I kind of want to add too is like whenever I started my sexual journey um, in a conscious way, um, it came from being completely disconnected from my body. I was like, holy guacamole, like I don't feel anything. Uh, Connecting with people gave me like a lot of anxiety. And I remember one of the first things that I would hear a lot on like, on social media and coming from different coaches was like, okay, we'll start, start massaging your vulva. Um, and, and a little by little, everything will be okay. And I did that for years. And it wasn't honestly until like a couple months ago where I was like, Oh, that was actually probably the last thing I should have been doing, like going straight to the trigger area, going straight to the point of dissociation. And I was always so confused because I would hear these people's experiences of like, okay, I'm massaging my genitals. I feel so empowered. I feel so this beautiful things. And I'm so happy that they do. But for me, I felt shame, anger, embarrassment. And yeah, like I said, like it wasn't until a couple months ago where I was like, actually the first thing I should have done was sit and breathe connect, cry, hold myself, eye gaze, or maybe even like massaging my hand. Like it didn't have to be such um, an intense area uh, of our body. Um, And so, yeah, the third time I've said it, but I love that it started with just self selfness connecting to the inner self. And what I'm hearing, thank you for saying that explicitly, because I think a lot of people feel like they've heard that same advice, right? Like you need to get in touch with your body. You need to actually touch your body. And what I'm hearing you say, and what I've also experienced for myself is sometimes I've got to get my nervous system under control before I can even touch anywhere on my body. And I'm also like, I think we as a community and you and I in this conversation, we're finally realizing how little sex has to do with your pussy or your genitals, right? Or whatever you call those parts. It actually has so much to do with everything else. We now understand how much technology our body fully holds, how much information our entire body and nervous system actually holds. So we can't just focus on the vulva. We can't just focus on the erogenous zones, right? We got to get everything in alignment. And I think a good place to start because a lot of people express, and myself included, express feeling distracted, feeling confusion, feeling overwhelmed during sex or even during solo sex. You got to start between your ears, right? You got to kind of get in and figure out what's going on with the mind and figuring out, okay, what is all the like, the like brain noise that I got to get rid of that's not even mine. So I can actually let pleasure come through and actually discover for myself what sexual wellness and wholeness looks and feels like. And my clients probably think that I am just totally off my rocker when I first began because we spend so much time not talking about sex at all. The majority of what I talk to people about is this stuff. Mm-hmm. right? Figuring out like, okay, how do we get your brain and your nervous system to calm down enough? How do you begin to, that you can actually hear the differentiation and all the, all of the thoughts and the voices in your head? How do you, how can you actually discover what is just your brain making noise? Cause that's what our minds do. It's mm-hmm. what it's meant to, to do. It's creating sound, right? Just as sure as your lungs, lungs are going to expand and contract, your brain is going to make sounds, Right. And most of it is garbage. Yes. So how do you get the garbage out and find your actual thoughts and feelings and let that lead your action, what you do next within your body? Um, 
that's just my school of thought. Yeah, no, I think it's really revolutionary. I think that so many of us kind of think that when we have a sexual, um, condition that is kind of keeping us from connecting we think that it has to do with sex but in reality it does have to come with our nervous system it has to come with the programming and you really worded it so perfectly like the body is a whole technology the body has so much wisdom Mm -hmm. and when certain things go offline or become incredibly overactive to where it's overstimulation like this is a message to the body of saying hey let's kind of ground ourselves and and move inwards and see like what exactly is happening here. Um, Yeah. I think, I think that's, that's revolutionary. And everything that you said was, was very well said. Like when it does come to these different layers of ourselves of disconnection, uh, numbness, tension, can we begin to take this as an invitation from our body to connect, Mm -hmm. to ask questions, to ask questions from the sense of curiosity and of, okay, what, what are you telling me? How can I listen deeper? What can I learn from you versus, oh my God, what's wrong with me? You know? Mm -hmm. And we're so taught, especially because I don't think that there is healthy or proper sexual education really anywhere. Um, We're not really taught in not only in sexual education, but education and personal connection with ourselves. It's something that people really, I feel like have to uh, kind of scruffle through files for to kind of find things on like, it really is just an opportunity for us to listen. Yes. Yeah. And on that note, I, what I'm thinking, I'm thinking of two things. The first thing is if I was to add a number three to the list of things you should do, if you're at the beginning of your sexual wellness journey, whatever you want to call it, your sexual awakening, and you're feeling overwhelmed, journaling, self-record, find some mindfulness, and also find some good sex ed, because you're bringing up a brilliant point. The majority of us do not have a basic understanding of things like anatomy, um, any myth busting that you can do. There are so many myths out there about sex and about sexuality. Like I've met grown people who really believed that if they masturbated or self-pleasured, they were going to grow hair on their palms, like adults, right? So but finding out things like that would be next. And what what's coming up for me, something that you said about yes, how we react to um, the things that come up in our body, whether it be shame, whether it be actual, you know, conditions that prevent us from having intercourse like vaginismus or something like that, or what have you, we react kind of like what's wrong with I try to think of my body as like a six-year-old, right? Mm. And if I, I have so many young people in my life, so many nieces and nephews, and if I was out with them and they were to, let's say, throw a tantrum, if I go, what's wrong with you? And I scream at them, or if I react um, without any love or care and compassion, what is that going to do? That's only going to make the situation more difficult to rein in. And so if we do react with compassion, and like you said, curiosity, I love that. Like, what's wrong? Tell me what's happening with openness and compassion and softness. We're more likely to resolve the issue, whatever is happening, again, with the six-year-old in a more um, seamless and beautiful fashion. And the same goes with our bodies when we can meet it with curiosity and listening and saying, okay, I see something is wrong. Please tell me what's happening as opposed to, oh my gosh, what's wrong with you? What's going on? My body's shutting down. I'm so broken, right? 
And this is not to shame you if you have those thoughts because we all have. Okay. It is to offer another uh, way of approaching those sorts of problems and those sorts of things that come up for almost everyone, you know? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. One thing that I kind of want to circle back around when it comes to like giving yourself that sense of compassion and curiosity when all these things comes up is like when we get these feelings of insecurity or not enoughness or mm-hmm. lack or brokenness. Uh, when it comes to journaling, oftentimes you'll find that these are just really dated stories that we've been attaching ourselves to. And I somehow, if you can kind of help me kind of piece those things together, like, I feel like the more that you begin to sit with yourself and become conscientious of these, these thoughts and habitual patterns that we do, when these emotions flare up, you'll begin to see like, okay, like, they're kind of very deeply interwoven. And when I pay attention to the emotion, I recognize the thought. And when I remember that the thought isn't mine and that isn't, that it isn't true with a capital T. Oh, okay. I can thank you so much body. Thank you so much mind. I, I understand that you think I'm in, that there's this sense of not enoughness for whatever it is, but it's like, we're good. That's not true. Mm-hmm. We are enough. We are safe. We are worthy. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I think that the most important part of that whole process is doing it without judging yourself and while giving yourself grace, right? Not being angry at yourself or having a moment where you're down on yourself for having a moment where you recognize, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm continuing to feel like I'm not enough. I'm continuing to reinforce these ideas that I'm broken or what have you. Giving yourself grace because it's always a process. And I'm someone who I, I started my sexual awakening or re, I would say my second sexual awakening mm-hmm. at about 24. So this was almost six years ago at this point. I still have days where I feel like I'm not enough and I'm broken and I'm this and I'm that. Like these things still kind of come up, right? We're dealing with a lot of conditioning and also conditioning from people who've come before us, right? People whose DNA that we have mm-hmm. and we never met maybe and whatever their feelings were about sex, we carry that. We do, right? So give yourself grace and also be grateful to yourself for even trying because most people look at this and they say, yeah, that is way too much. That mountain is way too big to climb. I'd rather just stay down here and suffer and not have to deal with any of that. So give yourself grace for trying to even climb the mountain and trying to um, change things about you. And like you said, remove all of that, which makes you feel less than perfect. Mm-hmm. That was beautifully said. One thing that I would love to add to that is like, as we venture off, venture into this journey, there is no timeline. There is no particular goal that we have to get to. And I feel like whenever we give ourselves that sense of grace of it really is just about what's coming up in the present moment. How can I connect deeper? How can I be in this sense of self? And another thing that I would love to add to that too, is that beginning the journey is already to me, a sense of sexual empowerment. That is wherever you are on the journey and the relationship with yourself, bringing awareness to that, sitting with that, reading a book on it, mm-hmm. is sexual empowerment, that is sexual wellness, because it's, it relates back to the, the bigger picture, which is taking care of yourself, connecting to yourself, nurturing yourself. And that's what healthy sexuality, the, the root, the base of healthy sexuality is mm-hmm. connection and selfhood. Absolutely. I was literally just talking about this on my Instagram this week. I asked people on my story, like, where would you, I think I phrased it like on a scale of one to 10, 
how sexually whole or free do you feel? And a lot of people were in my DMs and they were like, I feel like I'm a two. I feel like I'm a three because I still haven't overcome this, this, and this. I feel shackled in this way. And my question to them was, well, why can't you be working on that and claim your sexual empowerment? Why can't you be working through trauma and also claim your sexual freedom at the same time? And I think what you're saying is going to set a lot of people free because a lot of this vision in our head of what sexual wellness looks like, what sexual freedom and empowerment looks like. And it never seems to look like us. It always looks like somebody who like has these gorgeous pictures of them on the beach, perfectly censored. You can see a little side boob and their hair is <laughs> blowing in the wind and the waves are crashing on their body and they look like they're having this sensual moment. Like that person might be sexually empowered, but they might not, you know? They may be per- still be in a performative space. They may still be feeling just as shackled as anyone else, right? So we can, as you're saying, we can be working at whatever point on the spectrum that we are landing and still claim I am a sexually free being, being right? Even as I'm on this journey, because we're always going to be mm-hmm. forever. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it's going to be, I'm sure there's going to be times where like, there's going to be such low lows and such high highs and such neutral neutrals. And it's like, it's all, like you said, part, part of the journey. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I would love to direct this question um, or the, the, this conversation into something that you said about vulvodynia. Um, and I would love for us to kind of expand on what sex could mean on how it doesn't necessarily mean that it has to be a penis and a vagina um, or at, like genitals touching, but, how it can really be an an emotional, energetic, and sensual experience for us. Absolutely. I love this question. One of the best things that ever happened to me was I had a a cis male partner years ago. And I remember he looked at me once and was like, you know, just because I had an orgasm, sex isn't over. In my mind, I was like 22 years old. My mind was like, boom. I was like, wait a minute, what? Like you actually, okay, so what are we going to do? And then this whole just Pandora's box of options was open to us, right? All of these other things that we could do came up that didn't center around penetration, um, or at least not penetration with a penis anymore, right? So thinking of sex more creatively and innovatively and things like, okay, well, what other erogenous zones do I have on my body besides my vulva? What kinds of touch is satisfying to those erogenous zones? What objects or props or extra things can I call in and bring into the bedroom with me to support this moment? I'm a huge fan of erotic massage and like full body touching, feeling, oiling people up and things like that, both giving and receiving. And sometimes that in and of itself without ever touching anyone's genitals can be extremely pleasurable and satisfying. Mm -hmm. Most people who study sex and talk about sex and work in this field understand that the definition of what sex actually is, is extremely broad, especially now in this age of technology, right? A lot of us spent the last year or almost two years now, separated perhaps from someone that we love or the people that we be that we would be intimate with. And we've had to get creative or at least imagine what we do under those circumstances. 
if let's say there were three states between you and your lover, how would I use technology to make some sort of connection happen and experience intimacy with them? That too is sex. Cyber sex is sex. So if cyber sex is sex, right? And it fits under the umbrella. What then else can you do if your person is, if your partner is in close proximity to you, but you're not going to be penetrating them. They're not going to be penetrating you. Like what else could you do? There's so many options available to you. There's so many things that you can um, do to support yourself and feel connected and intimate. Yeah, the possibilities are so endless, especially in this day and age. And it really kind of just opens up a door for how imaginative and how creative can we get? It brings back like this sense of like youthfulness again of how can I play? How can I really just connect to my senses in, in an emotional and fruitful level is something that I want to say. And whenever you were talking about the erotic massage, there's been so many times where I've been with a partner and I feel fulfilled from the massage. There's been times where I have felt completely fulfilled from a makeout session alone. I'm like, Oh, that was the shit. Like I'm ready to start my day. Like I feel aroused. I feel turned on. Like, let's go to work, you know? And then other days I need a little bit more. And some days I need just like, Hey baby, have a good day, you know? And all of that is just like, I feel like whenever we come into like sex, if we can expand it to connection and fruitfulness, that's the word that keeps coming to me. Like, can it be fruitful? Can it be juicy? Not only with intimate romantic partners, but healthy, casual, consensual partnerships. And then with yourself too, like sometimes Mm -hmm. you're lovemaking, like there's a thing that I love to, like, I love kissing my hands and my fingers. Like that is such a deep Mm -hmm. self-pleasure thing for me. And I'm like, oh, like, this is amazing. This is a great experience. And boom, I feel like I had sex with myself, with my hands, you know? And Mm -hmm. I, it kind of goes back to like, it doesn't have to be the, the genitals are amazing, amazing amount of nerve endings in there. And, and they're gorgeous. But so is the rest of the body. The whole body has nerve endings. The whole body can receive pleasure. So can it's we? Not the end all be all. Yeah. yeah. And like you're saying, I think, and this kind of goes back to what we were saying about being mindful and being mindless and being sensual, meaning rooted in the senses. When we can have that, we can potentially, depending on what it is that you need, because everyone's body is different, but we can potentially experience satisfaction from things like a makeout session or self massage or a really long juicy bubble bath by ourselves, right? How can we begin to root sex in like you're saying in like creativity and fruitfulness and also like sensuality and rooting it in what our senses are telling us? I think that is a great place to start. And then also when we're talking about things like for whatever reason, whether it's a medical condition or what have you, right? The it, We can run the gamut of things that prevent people from being able to have penetrative sex. Mm-hmm. Not assigning, um, not assigning penetrative sex to this like hierarchical idea, right? And not putting that thing highest up on the shelf and allowing everything to exist equally right? Allowing everything to exist in such a way that there's no hierarchy. There's no like, oh, oral sex is like plan B. Like that's like the backup plan. And for whatever reason, I like, no, oral sex is sex, cyber sex is sex. Let's just put it all on the same, on the same plane and not assign hierarchies to these things. 
Yeah, I agree. Totally. Uh, I want to add like something that we were saying earlier of like allowing it to expand into your life. Like I just recently started painting and that to me feels like really intense sexual expression. I'm like, Oh my God, look at these colors and this texture and everything's messy and la di la di la, you know? Um, so yeah, I just kind of wanted to add that into the mix, but a question that I would love, uh, to ask you, um, is let's talk about sensuality a little bit. I feel like that's also a big word that gets thrown out and has a, uh, a kind of pedestal for me, like the pedestal vision of sensuality is like lit candles and like massage oil and things of that nature. But if we can kind of expand and kind of play with the different concepts of sensuality too, like, let's get into that. Yes. I love this. The idea of being sensual to me is being connected and rooted in my senses. And when I am intimate with myself, I really do try to go like the candles route because I want to tap into my visual sense. Mm-hmm. And right, if it's a scented candle, it taps into my uh, sense of smell, etc. And just sort of doing central layering if I'm going to be intimate with myself or with my partner. But that's also available to me throughout the day, right? Anyone who knows me knows that one of the first things that I do in the morning is I get up and I stretch and yawn and do whatever. But then I like light something on fire. I light some incense or a candle or I burn some Palo Santo or some sage because I need to smell something. Right? I need to get my senses engaged for the day. And then I have my tea or my coffee or my warm lemon water, right? Tapping into my sense of taste. And I make sure to put something comfy on that makes me feel good and makes me feel how I want to feel that morning. So I can tap into my sense of touch. And I love, I'm constantly, constantly playing music, right? I have a playlist for every, every like phase of my day. So beginning to root myself in that from the start of the day has been life changing. It's been absolutely revolutionary. And I think that having moments where we're looking to be sensual in an, in a creative and expansive way can shift everything that happens when it comes to sex and sexuality and who we are in the bedroom with our partners and with ourselves. Absolutely. Cause you're training the body outside of the bedroom to be in the body, mm-hmm. to be in and little by little, those neural pathways are going to come more and more online. They're going to be more present. And then when it comes to the bedroom, it's like, Oh yes, I can let go. I don't have to think about my senses. It's like, Oh no, I've been in my senses all day. Like let's simmer, let's melt, let's get into this. Mm-hmm. I, I want to put in two conversation pieces. I'm going to say them both so that you can help me remember because uh, okay. they're kind of going in opposite directions. The, the first one that I would love for us to talk about is perhaps um, now some physical practices for people that are ready to connect with their body. Um, and then uh, whenever we're, we feel concluded in that, if we can talk about connecting to our sensuality, when the last thing we want to do is connect to our mm-hmm. sensuality, when we're feeling um, all the yucky emotions that come up in lifehood. Um, but let's start whichever one you feel more called to start with, actually. Physical practices. I, um, first of all, definitely going to try this whole hand kissing thing. Yeah, girl, make out with your fingers, suck on your fingers. It's a whole thing. I like <laughs> when other people do that to me, but I, I never thought to do it to myself. So yeah, that's one. Yay. If, if you are... If you are a person with a vulva, because that's primarily who I work with, I'm going to speak to that experience, and you're wanting to connect with your body, I would say, first of all, go on YouTube, go wherever and type in like body scan meditation, 
before you even begin. And if you already know what that is, sort of mentally lead yourself through a body scan meditation before you get into any physical practices um, or some sort of meditation before you actually start to touch yourself. My favorite thing is dance. Like close your eyes, turn on some music that makes you feel sexual or sensual or something, right? Or even just the song you like, even if it doesn't make, if you're like, Portia, nothing makes me feel. I don't just turn on something. Close your eyes and move your body around. Don't worry about if it's cute. Don't worry about if it's sexy. Actually just begin to move your body around and let yourself go and see what happens. One of my favorite things to do before I have solo sex is to just like thrash around my room and like shake my hair and like move, just move, right? Freely. So often we're guiding and directing our body is like, it's 7.30 a.m. You got to get up and go brush your teeth so you can make breakfast and then get on the train and go to work. And then you sit at your desk and then you da, 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 da. just let the body lead you, right? Let your body lead you for once. Um, and if you can do that and then lead into a, either partnered sex or solo sex experience, I promise you, you will have the best time. I promise you, you will have a memorable experience and go slow. For a lot of us, a lot of us have masturbation practices. I know I can get in and out in five minutes or less. Every once in a while, slow down, you know, every once in a while, let the orgasm be not the goal. Let pleasure be the goal. Let connection be the goal. Let uniting your senses with your body be the goal. So go slow, go slow, go slow, go slow. Absolutely. I think that's excellent advice, especially since we're always like on the go, go, go. And then when it comes to orgasm, like perhaps if we could also practice edging, like, can we build up the juice and then simmer away and then get close again and then simmer away and, and see how that works with, um, the muscle contractions, how that works with your breath, how that works with the rest of your body. And then, uh, also kind of bringing breath. One thing that I really love doing is like, uh, energy play with my breath. Like if I'm feeling really good, clit or clit, like clit or G spot stimulation, I'll like inhale and imagine that energy coming into my heart and then exhale, send it back down into my pussy. And it's just been like this really ju- like I'll feel it, whether it's like a visual or like a sensory experience. I'm like, just, wow. Like I'm, I'm playing. And it goes back to using your imagination. Like how can I just play with my body and my breath and, and, and my senses. Uh, another thing that I would love to offer to the listeners is something that I thought, uh, can also kind of be used in like the whole sensual experience. I would get like this box and put random household objects in it that had completely different textures, a sponge, um, a makeup brush, uh, and a loofah, like whatever type of different thing. And then spend a few minutes like with your eyes closed and just tuning in to the senses of it on your skin. Okay. This one's cold. This one's smoother. This one's bumpy. And then seeing like, okay, like this one actually gets me a little bit more excited. This one is a little neutral. This one's interesting. This one, I don't like at all. So you're just kind of connecting to the senses in a completely different way as well. I love that. I love one thing that just came up for me. And I always try to say this, right? Because I've been I've been, I guess I would say on the other side, like I've been the person listening to conversations like this and you and I are fortunate enough to do this all the time, right? I don't know about you, but I primarily work for myself. I do what I want. Not everybody's life is set up like that, right? Mm -hmm. And if you're listening right now and you're thinking, well, I work a nine to five, I got three kids and a husband to look after. 
I don't have time to be rubbing myself with sponges and loofahs and stuff, right? That's okay. That's the real, right? That's the majority of people. However, if you can find 10 minutes a week, right? If you can find 10, and if you have TikTok and you scroll TikTok, I guarantee Uh you, you got 10 minutes in your week to do one of these practices, your life will begin to shift. Don't get overwhelmed. Don't dismiss this advice because you don't see it fitting in perfectly with the way your life flows right now. It doesn't have to, right? What we've been saying this entire time is sexual wellness is individualized. It's tailored to your life. So if you can pick and say, you know, I got 10 minutes a day to turn some music on and just dance around my room and let my body flow, do that. Mm -hmm. I got 10 minutes to journal or record my thoughts and then play it back for myself to hear. Do that. Don't feel like you have to do all of these practices every day. Cause I used to feel like that. Same. I used to feel like, oh my gosh, I need to be, I need to be masturbating for an hour every morning. Like, no, girl, I still don't do that. I, <laughs> I still don't do that. So don't feel overwhelmed and don't don't uh, use that as fuel to dismiss yourself from trying. Right. <sighs> so I just want to throw that out there. Yeah, no, that was gnarly because I felt the same way too. And if I, I always felt like oh, if I don't have an hour, then I should not do it. And if I don't, if I'm not doing it, then I don't really care. And it was just like this whole cycle. And then you stress yourself out. And it's like it's so not necessary. One thing that I would also love to add on the days where you really feel like you don't have 10 minutes, like when you're washing the dishes, feel the water. Mm-hmm. like feel the sponge there when you're washing the dishes or the plate or you're scraping off food. Like what's that texture? Like, you know, um, another thing that I used to always do is like feeling my steering wheel. Like chances are we're driving a lot of yeah. our day, like feeling the steering wheel. And then this is going to sound so silly now that I'm saying it out loud, but I thought it was kind of hot at the time. I still do it, but you know, the Prindle handle on your car, yeah. like it's kind of shaped like a phallus. You know, yeah. so I'd kind of like hold it and like massage, you know what I'm like? I'm like, this is my self-pleasure. I'm giving my, the, my car a little hand job. You know what I mean? Whatever it is connecting to my hand. And uh, <laughs> so, yeah, just don't, don't think that it has like, again, it has to be like this little pocket. It can be really introduced and intermingled into the rest of your life. And then you can also record your thoughts in the car. I have the most intense conversations with myself when I'm driving. Yes. Yes. Oh, yes. I love that. And that's why when it comes to mindfulness and sensuality, I love offering and I don't know why I didn't think of this before offering um, space to do it in the things you're going to do anyway. Mm -hmm. Like you said, washing your dishes when you're in the shower. I love there's guided shower meditations you can find on Spotify, on Apple Music, on YouTube, brushing your teeth for those two minutes. You're brushing your teeth in the morning and at night tune into the sensations that are happening in your mouth, right? So finding a way to tap into those senses, doing the shit you're going to do anyway. Yeah, absolutely. Hit the nail on the head. Um, And it kind of like intermingles with like sexuality's life. Yes, 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 absolutely. Yes. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, for some of us that, or I feel like we all kind of go through these little pockets, like when we're feeling shame when we're feeling disconnection, when we're feeling ugly and we still want to commit and devote ourselves to our sensual practice. Like Mm -hmm. how do we get into that? So I actually, I have a practice where I keep a list of like, so I have an extensive journal practice, but one of the things that I do is I keep like a sex and masturbation journal so I'll jot down either before or after I have sex with myself or with my partner. I'll write down like 
how I feel, how alive it made me feel. Like, oh my gosh, I feel great. So in those moments where I'm feeling like, uh, I don't feel connected. I'm not feeling very sensual. I'm, these things are coming up for me, but I feel like I would benefit from some sex practice or something. I go to that list and I'm reminded of, oh yes. I remember that time on this date that I felt really amazing, really open or more creative or more this or more that following a solo sex session, right? So having that list to sort of reference for the emotions, the feelings, the thoughts that come up after can be really, really helpful. Um, And also, what was I going to say? Also, don't put too much pressure on yourself to like do more than you feel capable of in that moment, right? So having alternatives, having a sort of a backup plan is like, okay, if I can't pull my magic wand out and fully masturbate, what else is available to me? What other tools do I have sort of in my toolkit that I can pull out that will help me feel connected and help me um, ground down into my body and sort of get the benefits of a full sex practice or solo sex session, um, but just in a way that feels more accessible to you in that moment. Absolutely. I love that. And I love the whole like, oh, yeah, I'm going to remind myself what it feels like to be in this space. I think that's that's super beautiful. One thing uh, that I would love to add, uh, it's this practice that I learned from this woman named Ashay Sandara, and it's called shadow alchemy. And it's the process of connecting to your body. It's kind of like what you were saying when it comes to like dancing, like you love to dance and you move your body. Um, So many of us hold so many emotions going back to the stories, the narratives, the programming Um, on top of like this, the pedestrian movement that we do throughout the day, like shadow alchemy gives you an opportunity to tune into the body and shake and scream and kick and laugh and touch and grind all of this energy off of you and cultivating the things that you want back in. And I feel like for me, when I'm just really going through the thick of it, like moving my body in a wild way, in an intuitive way, helps me move that energy, which inherently will give me the more space to connect to my sexual essence into my selfhood. Um, Mm -hmm. So I think that's uh, a really cool thing too, if like, we're just not feeling like, again, touching our genitals or anything of that nature. And then going back to kind of grounding our central nervous system as well. um, I know a lot of people know this example of like, whenever an animal is, um, just finished getting chased or if they got hit by a car and they survive, like they shake the body off and then go about their business. Like we go through so many traumatic and triggersome moments throughout the day. And then we don't do anything about it. And then it sits in our body. It sits in our central nervous system. And then when it's time to surrender, when it's time to open up, when it's time for pleasure, of course, our body isn't going to be completely receptive to it because we have all of this this adrenaline um, mm-hmm. flight or yeah. fright response going into our body. So shaking and I kind of, it's like a mixture of like the sound, like whatever noise comes to mind and then deep breath and just movement and boom, you're connecting to your energy. Boom. You're connecting to your emotion. Boom. You're connecting to yourself. And sex is just happening in that because that happens in traditional quote unquote sex too. I love that. You're bringing up such a brilliant, brilliant point. And it's a reminder that typically if we're not feeling sexually connected, it's because there's a a block there usually. Whether the block is, hey, I got an extra early today, I'm sleepy, so I don't have capacity to be sensual or sexual in this moment. Or, oh my gosh, at work, my boss was a complete jerk to me. 
and I'm still holding that tension from that moment. So now I need to vent to my partner. I need to call up my friend and ask if I can vent to them. I need to journal. I need to go for a run or do some movement to sort of get that out. So I can see what is, okay, now that that's out of the way, what's available to me Mm -hmm. authentically, what's here for me. And it's sort of a weird cycle because we know that sex is is a stress reliever, but sometimes stress, the stress that would be relieved by the sex is blocking us from being sexual, right? I hope I said that in a way that makes sense. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's a little, it's kind of confusing, but being able to identify, okay, in this moment, authentically, what is, what is the best way for me to approach this, to see what energy resources I have left um, to either be sexual or sensual on whatever level, Um yeah, just using whatever resources are available to you and sort of what tools you have available to you to get through that moment. Absolutely. I agree with you 110%. And I feel like we keep saying the same thing, but it's like, just allow the def- your, the, your definition, your mindset of sex to be just more expansive mm-hmm. of just connecting. I, I feel like I've said this a million times, but it's just about connection. It's just about feeling. It's just about tuning in. Um, I have another question for you that I think would be a really interesting uh, topic. Um, if we can talk about how sometimes saying no to sex and moving inwards is a, is a, is a place of sexual empowerment. Yes. I forget who it is. Oh my gosh. This is someone I listen to all the time, but basically there's, there's a person in this industry that always says your no makes way for your yes. Right. So often in relationships, I don't know about anyone listening. I don't know about you, but I've been in relationships where I felt like I couldn't say no. I didn't have the room to deny the person I was with sex, which actually made it impossible for me to feel free enough to authentically say yes to sex and authentically say, oh, yeah, I actually am interested at this time in engaging with you. And the moment I was in a, in a relationship with healthy boundaries where I could say, you know, I don't really want to have sex, but we can spoon. My sex drive just went through the roof. <laughs> I was ready to have sex all of the time because I knew I could say no. And this person wasn't going to blow up at me. They weren't going to hold it against me. They weren't going to be angry with me. Right. So I was actually more receptive and more open because I had the freedom and liberty to authentically choose and say and be in the middle of sex with someone and also say Mm -hmm. I'm actually done with this experience I'm feeling xyz and I I would like to pivot to something else right so having that availability and leaning into it and only engaging with people who allow you that space changes everything it really 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 does especially those of us if you identify as a cis woman or if you were in a relationship with a cis man and you're in a heteronormative relationship, a lot of times those power dynamics are there. The expectations are there. We haven't reached a point in our society where, I mean, it's it's moving along, it's getting better, but we still haven't reached a point in our society where everything feels equal, right? So a lot of women are trapped in these relationships where they feel like, oh, every time my partner wants to have sex with me, I have to say yes, which in turn really makes that not an enjoyable experience. So being able to lean into your no actually can open the door for you to feel more ignited um, when it comes to sex. Absolutely. I agree with you 110%. My mind goes to, it's 
about the sense of trust. Like when you trust your partner to honor your yes and your honor, you know, just on a physiological level, like your central nervous system is like, okay, I'm going to be respected no matter what. Mm -hmm. Okay, perfect. Let me get juicy. You know, or actually let me stay on this side of town. I'm good today, but I still feel honored. I still feel, I still feel safe. And it really is like safety in our body, safety in our mind, safety in our relationships is such a giant piece to sexual wellness, to just enjoying any type of sensual experience. Because when we're not honored, um, of, of course, you're going to be in the mind. Of course, it's not going to feel good. The body is going to go into this, either the sense of dissociation or the sense of disconnection. And that's where tension or numbness starts staying into play. And then on the emotional side, resentment. And it's just, oh, not even just saying that. I'm like, oh, no, no, thank you. <laughs> yes, I hear you a thousand percent. I really do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like um, honoring, I always say like, like, what do I say? Good gravy. Honor your stand by your no and honor your yes. And when you develop this, I mean, so much, so much of this too comes with this relationship with ourself. To me, I personally feel like that is the foundation, the core piece to the avenue of everything. Like, are you trusting yourself? Are you respecting yourself? Are you holding yourself? Are you loving yourself in the magnitude of different ways that it comes into and your body and your mind? This may sound a little left field. And I hope it, it resonates or at least makes sense. And if it doesn't, please let me know. But I feel like we are in our bodies and we aren't our minds. These are avenues for connection. These are avenues for the human experience. And when we are able to build a healthy relationship with our mind and with our body, notice that it's like you and your mind, it's you and your body, it's your mind and your body and you. So how can we interweave all these components mm-hmm. together? And it goes kind of goes back to like the starting rounds of, of what we kind of started this podcast with of like, can you tune in to all these thoughts, all these feelings, all these senses? Can you build this intimate and dynamic and explorative relationship with yourself, knowing that some parts are going to be ugly, knowing that some parts are going to be orgasmic, knowing that it's going to be everything in between and some weird things that we can't even, we can't even conceptualize at the moment, you know, and, and trusting that everything is safe and that you can protect yourself. You can guide yourself. And when things get sticky, you still have the answers. Mm-hmm. Yes, this piece you're bringing up about trust is so important and safety. There's another sex coach that I work with. Her name is uh, Jocelyn Silva. She's she's amazing. She talks a lot about this concept of self betrayal with her clients. And what she says is, a lot of people come to me and they say, and I'm paraphrasing here, they say things like, "Oh, I don't, I don't understand why my libido is so low. I don't understand why, why I don't." feel like having sex, like ever, I never want to have sex. And what it comes down to for a lot of people is self-betrayal. What I mean by that is you are continuing to have sex that you don't really want to be having, which creates this association with, okay, I can't make my own choices. I'm not honoring myself. Um, And in some cases, it's a little more complicated than that, because there's our dynamics and relationship dynamics, et cetera, et cetera. But a lot of it is us not honoring our, not standing by our no, as you share. And I think that piece is important, not just the trust with your partner, but the trust you can build and the connection you can build within yourself Mm -hmm. and that you are going to, regardless of this person's reaction, 
you're going to hold yourself down. You're going to take care of your body and mind and everything else that's connected to it. Absolutely. 110%. Um, yeah, very beautiful. I, I noticed, uh, I was actually having this conversation with myself earlier today of like, I went through this little chunk in my life where I was like, I have no libido. I was with my partner that I loved very, that I loved very much, but it, things have fizzled. We were growing apart and I just, I was very unorgasmic. Like I couldn't get my juices flowing. And then it wasn't until like we separated and I had sex with somebody that like, I was very attracted to and felt very alignment. I was like, Oh, Oh yeah. Like this is what that feels like. I completely forgot. Um, so yeah, it's just like, it, it's, it sex is, there's so many layers to enjoying it. And a lot of the layers to enjoying your sex is so inside, not physically, but just emotionally and in your being. Yes, I agree. A lot of the things that are obstacles for us sexually have nothing to do with the bedroom. You know, we don't think about how um, self-betrayal takes a lot of, takes on a lot of forms, right? Listening to that person at your desk yapping when you want to tell them to go, go back to your desk, leave me alone, right? But instead you smile and nod and continue to feed into the cup. Like that's self-betrayal. We don't think of that as something that's potentially connected to our sex lives, but it definitely is. And that's to me is what a sexual wellness is about is finding those little moments, not for the sake of having a better sex life, but for having a better life. Self. Finding those little, yeah. Having a better self and more connection to yourself, finding those little moments where it's like, you know, what, I'm not being my authentic self. Let me stop doing that. Let me tell this girl, go back to her desk because I'm working on <laughs> I want to listen to her and smell her coffee breath at my desk. Like, not that anything like this has ever happened to me. No, never. <laughs> but that's an example, you know? Right, right. My mind went to perhaps instead of focusing on can I take myself on a sexual journey? or an awakening of my sexual side. Can I take myself on the journey of awakening to the self mm-hmm. and going into like, and we've said this in so many different sentences of like, it really is all interconnected into our life, into our emotional well-being, mental well-being, spiritual well-being. Like perhaps instead of just focusing on the sex, can we, I, and focusing I, I want to say focusing in something else because focusing sounds masculine, but I want to add like a feminine piece to it, like mm-hmm. focusing and encompassing, opening to mm-hmm. everything that there is and allowing that to be the path and just trusting that when you touch one piece, it'll, it'll kind of flow into the other and flow into the other. And then boom, there's, there's this complete union of yourself. Mm, I love that. You said the word union so many times that I'm definitely going to journal on around that idea because it's, it's really sitting with me over here. So I don't know about you, but it's. Yeah. Yeah. I feel that good. I'm glad. I would love to hear what comes up if you feel, feel comfortable Mm -hmm. sharing later on. Yeah. That's awesome. I love this. Yes. Yes. I feel like we covered so much and I can talk about sex and everything for like ever is there anything that you would like to add any any questions any extra tidbits and juices oh my gosh I feel like we covered so much and this is this is what the second time we've we've actually spoken like not on email and 
I don't find a lot of people that can vibe with me and follow what I'm saying. So I really appreciate Likewise. that and poured into this conversation. I know it's going to be so beneficial to everyone who listens. And I can't wait to hear everyone's feedback and what you've got out of this conversation, what you would add and what it made you think of and just sort of flow and have a, have a continuation of this conversation um, with anyone that's listening. Absolutely. I agree. It's been such an honor and a pleasure to connect and speak with you. I like my body feels like electric. Yes. Oh, this was really good. I feel like we got so many pieces in, in, and so many different layers, like so mm-hmm. many different layers of, of, of sexual wellness. I'm feeling called to kind of end with offering the listeners some journal prompts. Um, mm-hmm. I know it's kind of, I'm kind of like just throwing this out there. So I don't know if you have any at the top of your head, but yeah. Okay. So I guess, I guess I would pose the first thing that's coming up for me is the question you asked me at the top of the podcast, which is what does sexual wellness mean for you? What does it look like for you? This can be in a list form. You can do bullet points. You can free write or record, right? Like what thoughts, feelings, and emotions come up for you around that. And also one thing that I have a lot of my clients do is start to sketch out the narrative you have within yourself about sex. So think about what are some of the first, so this is the prompt. Let me actually verbalize it. (laughs) What are some of the first ideas, myths, and lessons you learned about sex? Where do they come from? Who told you them? And do they still serve you? Right? So begin to think about, oh my gosh, when I was six, I heard overheard my aunts talking about sex toys. What did I learn from that? Why do you, why do I think they said that? Why do I think they believe that? And does it actually still resonate with me? And does it still serve me? So think about that and sit with those and let me know what comes up. Let us know what comes up. I definitely want to know. Yes. I would love to add, like, what is it? What do I want? What do I want my sexual relationship with myself to be like from here on out? Like, what do I envision it to be? What's an important on a physical, emotional, energetic uh, level? Um, and I would also love to honor if you can give me a second to tune in or to offer, I guess honor works too. A good check-in one that came to me is in this moment, what, what, and how do I feel Mm -hmm. physically, emotionally, and mentally just to kind of tune in. On like a, in the morning today, I woke up and I'm feeling X, Y, Z or tonight. This is how my day went just so that we can begin to kind of know where we are internally. I love that. Oh my gosh. Yes. Those are going to be so good. Those are so good. Yes. Mario. Yes. Cool beans. Again, it was an honor, such an expansive pleasure to connect and communicate with you. Of course, of course. Thank you again for having me. And I would do this anytime. So yeah. Good to know. Uh, Where can people reach out to? Do you have a website? Do you want to share your Instagram handle? Sure, sure, sure. So you can find me um, on all social media, YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, of course, and even Pinterest now and then uh, at Throetic Sexology. That's F-R-O. E-T-I-C, sexology. Um, my website is proeticsexology.com. I am um, 
looking for, I don't know when this comes out. I think it comes out about a week after our recording, but I am looking for one-on-one clients at this time. So if you're looking for a coach or someone to hold space for you, you can visit my website to figure out more information about that, more information about me and read my blog and all of the things um, are housed there. So yeah, I'm looking forward to meeting and connecting with any of you that resonate with this conversation. Lovely. Yes. And then uh, I know that you are one of the resident experts on Shushbox, which is going to be launching hopefully this year. So what is some of the things that you'll be offering on that platform? Yes. So of course, we're talking all things survivorship and supporting survivors and their loved ones and their communities. So I'm really excited to be making content tailored to that community tailored to the needs and desires of that community and just seeing what comes out of this amazing, amazing opportunity. I think this is going to be the word that's coming in for me is like explosive. I feel like this is going to be something that is so needed and going to be so supportive to so many people. So I'm just looking forward to being a part of that movement in this moment. I agree. I'm so excited to see everything that we create, the the sense of community. The word for me was like revolutionary. This is just going to be such a beautiful and deep, intimate, transformational space for all of us to arrive exactly as we are and head in our own personal directions with, with sisterhood and community. So I'm, it's like, it's a great honor and I'm very humbled to also be a part of this piece. And I'm so happy that we're going to be working together. Yeah, it's going to be dynamic. So yes, look forward to that. Looking forward to connecting with even more people through Shishbox. Yes, ma'am. Alrighty, darling, cool beans. Uh, enjoy the rest of your day. You too, you too. Take care. Peace out. The Shushbox podcast is brought to you by the team at Shushbox. We are a wellness platform created by survivors for survivors. For more information, head to www.shushbox.com and check us out on Instagram at underscore shushbox.